What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NBA strategy show presented by No House Advantage. I'm Dave Lochran, joined by Adam Share at Ship My Money DFS. Follow me at Lafay underscore D, L O U G H Y underscore D for those of you podcast listeners. A two game slate to break down, same games as Monday. We're going to see a lot of this. Uh, but anyway, before we get into any of that, how about John Morant last night? I know you didn't catch all that game, but still, the fact that, I mean, remember I said earlier in the year that they can't win unless they have like a legit superstar in this roster? Yes, he's beginning he to, to look be like, a, what's that? I said, yeah, he appears to be stepping up. He looks like he's become, and let's be fair, as good as Ja was in the regular season, what we've seen him do in some of these postseason games is far beyond what he was consistently doing before the playoffs started. Well, you've just seen like the adjustments and like we've talked about it from a DFS standpoint as well. You know, he's, he, he finds a way to get it done, whether it's him scoring, whether it's uh, facilitating, you know, just he, he's been great. He's awesome, man. Uh, you said before the show started to me that the Grizzlies should, should hope that Dylan Brooks gets suspended for a game. Now he only played what, like two minutes in that, uh, in that game, Golden State Warriors. They now have Gary Payton with a broken elbow. Dylan Brooks had the flagrant too, but what is it about Dylan Brooks right now that that is a liability to this team when he's playing the way he shouldn't be? I should preface it with that. I mean, he's a good defender. Like they, yeah. they need him defensively, but he thinks he's like a good offensive player too. And and it's like it, it just frustrates me that he shoots more than Desmond Bain. Like Desmond Bain's one of the more efficient scorers in the league. He's one of the best three-point shooters. And granted, even even last game, Bain only got up seven shots. But like this postseason, uh, Brooks' usage rate is four per, four points higher than than Bain's. Um, granted, I know from I haven't watched a lot of the postseason, but like from what I have seen, like Brooks is taking was taking wide open threes and just missing them. So like it's not like you necessarily want him to turn those down. But at the same time, it can't be good that he's shooting more than Bain like consistently. Bain is the best three-point shooter in the league. If you take, if you this season at least, if you took everyone that attempted three or more threes per game, Desmond Bain had the highest three-point percentage in all of the NBA. So, right. yeah, I'm with you there. Anton Murphy said you need guys like Brooks on your team minus that foul last night. Yeah, you need guys that can defend, but you would prefer guys that defend and then don't shoot. It's not – but this is the thing, like, you're not even saying that Dylan Brooks is neither of them, that Bill, Dylan Brooks is a bad player or a liability if he's playing the way he should be playing. The problem is this guy, and, and once in a while he'll have these decent games where he shoots well, but far too often when you're laying, when you're, when you're putting up three for 18 lines, you know, shooting from the field, it, it hurts a team for sure, even if you're good defensively, because he also, you know, gets in foul trouble. Like, right. Like imagine if Robert Covington decided he needed a 25% usage rate. Yeah. And I feel like Robert Covington is actually probably still a good three point shooter. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Anyway, Grizzlies tie that series out. I tweeted this last night. It was late last night that yeah, I, a lot of people will disagree with this, but the NBA needs more players like Draymond Green minus the dick kicking, right? Like no, no one wants to see him, you know, putting his foot up and in, in nut sacks like we've seen him do in, in previous postseasons. But I, I, for one, I appreciate the antics. And if Memphis, if the if they're all in the grind house there, talking shit, 
down on him, you know, raining down booze and everything. I think he should be allowed to, to flip him the middle finger as he exits early in that game with what seemed to be a, an early injury. Yeah, I mean, I tweeted that if baseball is going to get – if they're going to kill the baseballs, they should at least be embracing middle fingers to fans. It's it's entertaining. Um, and I loved his – did you see his uh, post game? No, I missed it. Oh, he was like um, – he was like they were booing. He's like, I got elbowed in the face. Like I'm bleeding from my eye, and they're booing me. And to me, if you're going to do that, then I'm going to – give you the finger back. He was like, it felt really good to give them the finger. And then they started cheering, I guess, because they assume, or I guess because they, they knew then I was going to get fined, but I make 25 million a year. So I think I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, is Draymond kind of nuts sometimes? Yeah, but I don't know. I like it. I can appreciate, I can appreciate the antics. Now here's the thing. You don't want everybody like that. But having maybe one of those guys on each team, that would be kind of fun, right? Kind of right, like yeah. not an enforcer from a hockey standpoint, but just some one guy that can mix things up a little bit, spice it up. I, I'm all about it. And if you're at one of those games, the, the truth is like Draymond Green, if you're in, if you're in the attendance, right? Let's, let's say you're at a Wizards game and, and they're in the postseason and they're playing against a team that has a player like Draymond Green and he starts flicking off everybody in attendance. You can't, you're not offended by that. You're loving it, right? Like you're, you're, wouldn't you be all about that? The, the fact that now, granted, there, there's always the risk of, of idiotic fans doing something and taking it personally. But uh, I, I think that the players versus the fans type of dynamic, as long as there aren't and, and idiotic fans, but there's, there's idiotic people everywhere. There's idiotic players. As long as it's not out of control, I think that's a great dynamic that only adds to the game of basketball. So yeah, I agree. Uh, he he also regarding the fine was like, I'll just do an appearance and make it back. Is that what he said? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He'll get he'll get right. That he's not wrong though. He's really he's not wrong. Do a do a commercial or something, and and right. and and there you go. It's it's. What do you think he'll get fined for that? Like twenty five. Right. 25, 25,000 to him. It's probably well worth it. Yeah. I mean that like, but before I even saw his press conference, like I was at the, I was at the bar and I saw that um, I saw what he did and I was like, that has to just feel good. And then he just comes out of the press conference. He was like, yeah, it felt good. And yeah, Jordan, or, uh, Jordan Klein producing the show just said in chat, damn, Dave Chappelle got attacked on stage last night. Uh, yeah. Did you see what they, did you see what the attacker looked like afterwards? Go to my I Twitter. Any of this. Have you ever seen any music videos for the band Tool? Mm, not that I can okay. remember. They, it's, it's wild, like crazy claymation stuff or contorted people with the arms backwards. And it, he looked like he had just filmed the music video for, for Tool. Like dude, his arm is literally backward, completely backwards. Afterwards, on taking him out on a gurney, completely backwards. What he just got like destroyed by security? Yeah, as he okay. should have been. Well, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I just had no idea. Like, I've no, no, idea no I'm not saying you were opposed to that. I'm. Mean, yeah. If you, I don't know what you think is going to happen if you rush one of the most famous people on earth, Dave Chappelle, while he's on stage. You're going to get the shit kicked out of you. It's just the way it is. And and he did. I mean, he's lucky he was still conscious afterwards. Seriously. But he came up 
Dave Chappelle, you, I won't say, Dave Chappelle made a joke, which was hilarious. And then I don't know, I guess that video was real of Chris Rock coming up and going, was that Will Smith? Like Chris Rock coming up, grabbing the mic at him after the attacker got taken away and goes, was that Will Smith? <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was interesting. It was definitely interesting, but yeah, well, you'll, you'll see. I mean, he got, he got tuned up as he should have. Ready to talk some basketball? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I was trying to find the clip. Yeah. And apparently Chappelle got some shots in too. Good for him. Right. I'm serious, man. You come up while someone's working. And, and, and you know, I don't care if you're pulling this nonsense, like, oh, he's an offensive comedian. He's a comedian. Like, don't I go. Mean, if he offends you, why are you there? Don't exact. Don't go. Don't listen. All right. Comedy's meant to push boundaries. If you don't like it, you do. Nobody's forcing you to listen. Right. All right. Anyway, let's talk about a little basketball here. We got Philly, Miami, Dallas, Phoenix. So, uh, for, oh, hit that thumbs up to where we're, you got 217 people watching out of the gate, 45, 45, but let's get to, you know, at least 65, 70 here. I think that's very doable. Appreciate you guys in advance. It does help us a lot. Subscribe to the channel. We're at 76,300 plus. All of that good stuff. If you like this, you want to help support us, it's the easiest way to do so. And hit join down below if you want to get those free super chats each month, the custom emojis, the sweet badges, as you see in chat, um, that get cooler. They just look nicer every every month or every couple of months till you get that year. There's a two-year, too. We're not there yet. But we'll always prioritize your questions and comments along with our premium Discord members as well. All right. So first off, first, and Aaron said Chappelle's washed up. His last special wasn't very good, no. But to say he's washed up because he had one semi-week special, Dave Chappelle's still one of the greatest to ever do it. And he's I don't no think Anthony it's, even, it's even debated. What? I said he's no Anthony Jeselnik. No, he's just markedly better than Anthony Jeselnik. <laughs> so last game, Doc Rivers, or Glenn Rivers, as, Glenn, as, as Greg, as our boy Greg, Greg Ehrenberg petitioned to stop calling him Doc, I agree. And, and people in chat were saying that yesterday as well. You're right. He started DeAndre Jordan, who was minus nine with two fouls in the first four minutes. They call a timeout and they claw back. They actually win the first half 51-50. So then you're like, okay, there's no way Doc's starting DeAndre Jordan in the second half. Not only does he start DeAndre Jordan in the second half, but he plays him for six, seven, eight, nine. 10 minutes in the third quarter and then puts him back out there three minutes into the fourth. When he finally came off, they were down by 19 and dude, he was minus 22 in 17 minutes. Yeah, not great. Um, from a fantasy standpoint, the issue is that Jordan's not a terrible point per minute guy. So if Rivers is going to insist on playing him, it, like you can't just write him off. He's a 0.97 DraftKings points per minute with the Sixers this year. So if he's going to play 18 to 20 minutes, he looks decent at 3,900 on a two game slate. Um, but the issue is it should be Paul Reed. And if Paul Reed can avoid foul trouble at 4,600, he, I think is still probably the higher upside option just because it's difficult to see how Deandre Jordan gets like 24 minutes. I mean, unless rivers just decides 
I care way more about messing with reporters than I do winning this game. And I'm just going to run DeAndre Jordan out there as many minutes as I can. Like it's, it's almost impossible to think about how DeAndre Jordan plays his way into more minutes. Whereas if Paul Reed can avoid the fouls, he should be out there a lot more. I would think so. And I honestly, I don't think Jordan even gets to 17 minutes today. I, I agree. It feels like he gets one more start and then Reed starts the second half. That's what I, Unless, like, you, that's the thing. Unless Doc Rivers is so is, is so opposed to taking responsibility or accountability for anything that he goes, you know what? I'm playing Jordan 35 minutes tonight. Right. Like, we're just doing this. You know, who cares? Uh, we're not winning without Embiid anyway. I don't know. But just how brazen he was in, in that postgame to be post game press conference, just to be like, no, you guys don't know what you're talking about and I'll continue doing it. And we don't care what anyone thinks. It's like, okay, I, I actually understand the coach's mentality of I'm not going to let the media and the fans, you know, shape my decision-making after a game. I get that. But the problem with something like Deandre Jordan is they're significantly worse with him on the floor. They actually went small midway through the second quarter and, and clawed back from a, a, a double-digit deficit and, and we're up at the end of the half. And then he starts Jordan and plays him huge minutes. That's what I don't understand, right? Like, if you look at, if you look at what was working, you had Yang out there, who I, I, I thought that was crazy to put him at the five, but it worked. He was plus uh, – George Yang was, was plus six on the day. One of the only players in, on the Sixers that actually wasn't in the negatives by a mile, you had Danny Green, Harden, Harris, and Maxi out there. It worked. And then he never went back to that rotation. Yeah. And the other thing, like when you look at Miami's rotation, Dwayne Dedman only played four minutes. So when Bam wasn't on the floor, for the most part, they're playing small, which should make it even easier to not give DeAndre Jordan minutes. Listen to this rotation that he played for the final three minutes of the third quarter. You're going to love this. Harden, Danny Green, uh, Shake Milton, George Nang, and DeAndre Jordan in the playoffs. Right. So uh, here's, a, here's a question. Here's a question just because it's Rivers. Since he explicitly said that DeAndre Jordan is starting this game, what are the chances DeAndre Jordan is starting this game? I, I, I was making the, I was writing out my notes for the betting video today uh, that I'm going to put out this afternoon. And I had said, that even though he said he's going to, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember exactly what I said, but even though he says he's going to play him, I'm not, because I want to bet the first quarter money line, our first quarter spread again for the Heat. It's at three. It was a two and a half last game. I'll go right back to it. Uh, I was like, I'm not going to hit this until I get confirmation that he's actually starting DeAndre Jordan. Right. It, it would be the most Rivers thing ever to just be like, I don't care what you say, he's starting. And then just 30 minutes before the game, the lineup comes out with Paul Reed. And then he doesn't play a minute. Right, right. Yeah. The, you know, another thing, too, is with Paul, someone had mentioned on Twitter to me, they're like, maybe it's because they're worried. We talked about this. Maybe they're worried Paul Reed's going to get in foul trouble. Yeah, but who cares? Like, right. who cares? DeAndre and if he does, Jordan, just go to that small lineup even more. It's Exactly. You're not, not going to exactly. win regardless. But DeAndre Jordan sure as hell is not the way that you, you exactly. accidentally win a game. Right, hundred percent. When when you're the worst team, you should be increasing variance, increasing three pointers, giving yes. yourself a chance, playing faster, not going to DeAndre Jordan. Yes, exactly, exactly. Like, 
DeAndre Jordan legitimately just sits under the rim and waits for lobs. That's what he does. And he can't rotate on defense. He's a complete, he, he can't do anything defensively. So uh, yeah, I'll take the bam overs again. I'll take the heat first quarter spread. I'll take the heat spread for that matter, but I prefer first quarter because I definitely, I think you'd agree. It's definitely possible that Jordan plays six minutes in the first quarter and never comes back. Yep. So what do we want to do for Philly? Uh, the, with, with James Harden, it's, this is a, an awful matchup for him. They, 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 Heat don't allow guys to score in the paint. They're good at defending the threes. They, they play slow, um, and they don't really foul. Like, the second fewest free throw attempts to opponents all season long. It's a tough matchup for Harden, but there's still no Joel Embiid. So how do we come to terms with that? Yeah, it's tough because the matchup's really difficult. But on the other hand, there's no Embiid. But then on the other hand, again, James Harden is washed. So I don't really know. I mean, 9,600, there's certainly a massive ceiling for him. But even last game, which was the first game he's played without Embiid since joining the Sixers, um, Harden had a 26.9% usage rate. Harris was higher at 30.4%. Maxi was about the same at 26.5%. So it just seems... I like I, th- I think Miami, you, they're not going to take away Harden, but they can really make life difficult for him and make other guys beat them. So I I think there's a high ceiling at 9,600, but to me, it's not the same situation as it would have been, you know, a year ago or, or whatever in Brooklyn when Durant and Irving were out and you're just like, there were times not long ago where regardless of matchup or anything else, you were just playing hundred percent James Harden at 9,600 because you know, when his co-stars were out uh to me that's not the case here he looks good at 9600 he's fine but the matchup's difficult he's not playing well um i think he's good but not great here i'm with you i i took a lot of heat on the betting video for monday because i went under 42 and a half points rebounds and assists and people are like you can't use trey young as a comparison to harden like harden's stronger and gets to the rim because i had said that Miami in the regular season, phenomenal uh, against these type of players. But look at Trey Young, and they kept him, they held him to three points in the paint per game. Uh, Usually he's a nine points in the paint per game guy in the regular season. Three pointers, they limited him. They didn't give him anything. And and I got some pushback on that. But the biggest difference here, and and this is why I I continue to have some, some hesitation about Harden, Harden's not that same explosive guy that can bully his way to the basket and split and, and split, you know, two two redwood trees uh, 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 below the basket. Like that's he doesn't do that anymore. He's not getting the fouls anymore. He's kind of just if you watch these games in a lot of them, he drives to the rim and once he gets into traffic, kind of just tosses the ball up and hopes that he either gets fouled or it goes in. There's no real calculation to it anymore. And if he doesn't have that part of his game in the arsenal anymore, he's going to really struggle against Miami, man. Yeah. And the other thing too, is not only did like using the Trey young example from, from the first series, not only did he struggle, his usage was down and you know, and that is, that's it. I expect the same kind of thing here where if Miami loses a game, they want it to be, Tobias Harris goes nuts. Tyrese Maxey goes nuts. Danny Green plays like it's 10 years ago. They, they don't want to lose a game because James Harden goes out there and drops 50 on them. Um, and I think you saw the same thing with Atlanta. You know, you saw some really big Bogdanovich games, but it was, you know, they. it's not just that Trey Young was inefficient because Miami's good defensively. He also just didn't get the same opportunities because they were like, yeah, we're not doing this. It's, it's going to be somebody else that beats us. 
Uh, AOD says trading Drummond was so dumb. No, it wasn't at all. No, that like, had no impact on anything. It, 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 here's why it make here's why it doesn't matter at all. If you think a healthy Embiid isn't playing 38 to 40 minutes in every postseason game, then then fine. But even so, it doesn't matter. Like Paul Reed's not a downgrade from Andre Drummond as a backup playing eight to ten minutes a night in the in the in the postseason. When you lose, you know, a, a potential MVP player, it doesn't matter who's backing them up. It just so happens in the case of the 76ers that they have DeAndre Jordan as somebody. But if you lose Embiid, it doesn't really matter anyway, is the thing. It doesn't matter anyway. And Drummond is not good either. No. No, but I'm, what I'm saying is, would I rather have Drummond over DeAndre Jordan? Yes, but it doesn't matter because if you're losing 38 minutes from Joel Embiid, the leading scorer in basketball this season – it doesn't matter who your backup is. Right. Yeah, it's it's plus, yeah, Drummond really struggled against Boston too. Plus, I mean, they got James Harden in that trade. Like, right. I would still rather have James Harden than Andre Drummond. Yeah. And it's not like Seth Curry went nuts. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, he had what the one game, maybe two. Yeah. He had one game where he played, I think, 35 minutes and he didn't score a single point. Yeah, I had a good night that night. Yeah. Um, and someone said they were going to go back to the hard and under again today. You can, but it went from 42 and a half, which was a great under number to 40 and a half. So it, I suppose there's some meat on the bone, but that's, that's a little bit more difficult for me to get behind. Do you, do you want to go back to, to Toby here? Because he was great last game and you just talked about his usage rate. I think him and Maxi both look okay. Uh, they're, they're reasonably priced. You know, they're going to play a lot of minutes. You could certainly see some increased usage as well. If Miami, um, does what they can to get the ball out of Harden's hands. I don't necessarily think that they're great values. You know, it's still a difficult matchup. It's still a slow-paced team. Uh, there's going to be plenty of other good options, I think, in this price range as well. Um, but I, I do think Harris and Maxi both look fine. And by great, I meant he was great as a scorer. You know, you and I just had a long conversation about this. George Nang might be a, a great value at at 13% at ownership right now. Obviously volatile and, and you don't know what you're going to get from him. And he was terrible last game. He shot 0 for 7, but all of those were three-point attempts. He is a 41% three-point shooter on the season. If, if Doc goes small and does it for more than just the few minutes that he did last game where it actually worked, and Nang plays 24 minutes and gets up another seven, eight three-point attempts, he could be a perfectly reasonable value despite the tough matchup. Who was that? George Nang. I'm saying if oh, like, yeah, Doc yeah. decides to go small again, he shot 0 for 7 last game. All of them were three-point attempts, though. Right. He, he's extremely risky, but he's the kind of guy at 3,700 that, you know, if he gets hot and if things break right for his minutes, like if DeAndre Jordan only plays eight minutes and then Reed gets in foul trouble or something and the Sixers just play small, like there, there's a path to Niang having a very good game. I don't I think, think it's the is. most... I don't think it's the most likely outcome because you need him to get those extra minutes. And then you also need him to play well, which is kind of asking for two separate things, but um, there, there's definitely a, at least some sort of path there. Yeah. 41% three point shooter, not a great per minute guy, but if he gets hot from beyond the arc, you might just keep him out there, especially what? if. It... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I forgot they even had Millsap. Why is Jordan playing ahead of Millsap? I don't know. None of it makes sense at all. None of it makes sense. Millsap played six minutes last game. Six minutes. It, it, none of it doesn't add up, but whatever. 
Paul Reed only played 13 minutes, but as you and I talked about it at length, actually, no, that was uh, Josh and me, but you and I have talked about this a lot. He's such a good per minute guy. Like he had four points, nine rebounds, four assists to block and a steal in 13 minutes. He's just a massive energy guy. Uh, and the foul trouble probably will be an issue again. There's very little reason to believe it won't be, but um, what do you want to do with Paul Reed? I think he's risky. Um, 4,600 is relatively expensive for somebody that you kind of can't guarantee is playing more than like 16 minutes. But at the same time, he is a really good point per minute guy and he should play more than 16 minutes if he's able to not foul out in that period of time. Um, so, I mean, I, I think he is risky, but at the same time, it's a spot where we very easily, when we talk about the next Philadelphia game, we could very easily be saying Paul Reed's the best, you know, clearest value on the slate because we saw what happened, you know, in this game and, and he plays a ton. So like in tournaments, even though he is risky and the price tag is up a bit, um, I, I still think that he's there. There's a massive ceiling there. And I think there is merit to trying to get there first before rivers makes it clear that he's smart enough to do it. Anybody else for Philly? Not really. Let's talk about Miami. We got free content today too. As always, it's Wednesday. We got player rankings for NBA free. MLB ownership rankings are free. PJ top golfers are free. NHL player projections are free. All of that good stuff, 100% free. But, and I said this last night, when we, when we do promos that are like legit bangers, I will always let you know about it. Sometimes you, know, you might gloss over one, but this one is huge. We haven't done this since probably, we only do it special occasions, like once a year usually, but we're running it back a little early and it's amazing. Use the promo code Luca or just go to awesome.com slash promos. It's way easier. You can just click it instead of having to type it in seven days. So the full week for $7, that's a 77% discount, 77% discount. Just so happens to be Luca's number as well, which is kind of neat. You get every tool on the site, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, golf, MMA, NASCAR, esports. If they have contests out there, we have content for it. All of our tools, top stacks, top pitchers, uh, boom bust tool, lineup builder, ownership, player projections, all of our projected stats. You can get the Fantasy Cruncher add-on. We have Formula One and, and, and soccer and, and tennis. I mean, like literally anything out there, we got you covered. $7. It's a dollar a day for the entire week. Normally it's what, $29.95, I think? Normally $29.95, $7. We never do promos like this. So uh, it's an exciting one. I'm happy to be able to do this. I actually lobbied for us to do this because I figured, why not? If you want to check it out, here's an incredible opportunity to do so. Seven bucks for seven days, $1 for every day. Gets you every single piece of content, every tool, everything on the site. Um, just go to awesome.com slash promos or use the promo code Luca but definitely take advantage. Oh, and join our premium Discord. If you haven't done so, great community and the premium office hours where you got the pros answering your questions help you become a better player as well. All right, Bam Adebayo. I have no problem going back to him at 8K again today, dude. He's just, you. there's nothing they can do to slow him down with the personnel that Philly has right now, Adam. Uh, for Butler? For, uh, I was saying how much I like Dwayne Dedman today. No, that 
I was listening enough to know it wasn't him. I didn't catch what you said Butler. I'm man. saying they don't have any anybody that's active on the roster that can stop Bam out of bio. Yeah, agreed. Um, I was actually looking up pick and roll stats for Miami defensively because uh, Miguel McDonald was saying that all Philly needs to do is run the pick and roll with Harden, but I'm pretty sure Miami uh, is really good at defending it, but I didn't get those pulled up in time. Um, they're, but as far also, as goes, they're also smothering Harden when he gets the ball before he even gets to half court. It's crazy. Like, the moment, the moment that ball comes to his hands, he he had to get rid of it in a lot of those spots. It, it was they were really pressuring him, really pressuring him. But go ahead. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I'm with you on Bam. Like you're talking probably mid 30s uh, in in minutes for him, and there's just no answer here. Like either they're going to go small, and you're going to get Bam against a, a small front court, or and it's not like he's going to get played off the floor. Like he's that that's a non-issue um or you're gonna get deandre jordan out there and bam's just gonna eat him alive so 8k i think bam looks fantastic i do too i'm going to the over on him points rebounds and assists again today it was 32 and a half on monday uh he hit it in the late third quarter it's 33 and a half today uh, i'll happily keep hitting that until it adjusts or until philly makes some type of adjustment but i'm not sure they can and over at Odd Shopper, you can see the projections and the expected ROI and expected win rate for all of that stuff and, and where every best bet is for every book without having to do anything outside of go to oddshopper.com, which is free. How do you want to approach some of these cheaper guys? We'll get to Butler and Tyler Hero, but what about guys like, you know, Vincent and, and Max Struess and PJ Tucker, all of them in that above four sub 5K range? I think they're all just kind of decent values where you're not, going out of your way to get to them you're not excited about getting there but it is only a two-game slate it's a postseason slate so uh there's just going to be limited value um so kind of just mixing and matching those guys in like looking at the boom bus tool right now uh we actually have Struce with a 37 percent chance of being optimal only 30 percent projected ownership so he looks like he's a little bit under owned uh tucker 26 percent ownership 28 percent chance of being optimal 25% chance of being optimal 20 percent ownership for vincent uh, so he looks a little bit under owned as well i think that for me, I'll probably just kind of end up rotating through those guys because I think that they're pretty similar in terms of, of range of outcomes and, you know, what, what their what their chances of success are. I think it's very difficult to point to one of Struz, Vince, and Tucker, but I think it's also pretty likely that one of them has a good game for their salary. Abel Ramos with a super chat. Just wanted to, he wanted to say, I want to fade all Philly because I hate Glenn Rivers. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think a lot of us feel very similarly. And Jamie Diaz says Derek White sucks. Yeah, I mean, what a brutal game that was for him. <laughs> My God. Yeah. Oof. But we weren't wrong about the threes outside of Derek White, who's just an awful three-point shooter. Yeah, but did you know that he had shot six for 11 in his last two games? Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> forgot about that. Did you say, I mean, seriously, Tatum hit four, Jalen Brown hit like six or seven. Grant was six, Grant Williams was six for nine from three. Pritchard went over with two. These guys... It was to just drain them last night. Another 43 three-point attempts. Something to keep in mind. How do you want to play Butler and, and Tyler Hero tonight? And Kyle Lowry's out again for what it's worth. And yes, I agree with whoever said it in chat. It is super annoying that they list everyone as questionable. I'm not even putting them on here anymore. I'm just putting the guys that I think legitimately might not play, and I'm putting Kyle Lowry. But they have one, two, three, four. They got five guys questionable again today. Yeah, I've, I just completely ignore it at this. So point. dumb. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, Butler, I think, still looks good as well uh, in the postseason so far through those five games. 29.4% uh, usage rate, 24% assist percentage, 36 minutes per game. He's only 9K, so $600 less expensive than Harden. Better matchup for him. Uh, more valuable positional eligibility as well, since in the, the next game you have Luka, you have Booker, you have Paul. So um, I think Butler looks really good. I love Bam. And then beyond them, it's kind of just rotating through guys and hoping to hit the right one. You know, Tyler Hero at 6,800. He certainly has a ceiling. He can have a big game there. You're likely to get north of 30 minutes if this game's competitive. But I think he's also pretty much correctly priced. Uh, we talked about Struce, Vincent, and Tucker. Oladipo got to 26 minutes last game. But as long as Butler is in uh, and Bam is in and Hero's in, like you're still not expecting Oladipo to be a particularly high usage guy. And he certainly doesn't need to get 26 minutes again. He played uh, through garbage time last game. So if you you know, assume that he's not in the closing lineup. You're talking more about like 22 minutes for him. Uh, Caleb Martin got to 21 minutes, including garbage time at 3,300. So I think a path to success for him, but again, not any, not anything I'm confident in. Uh, it's really Butler and Bam at the top for me. And then I think the hero, Struess, Vincent, Tucker pieces are like tier two. And then everything like else rotational is kind of just, guys for, yeah. 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 Just you know, obviously hero is a different salary, but I think relative to salary, he looks about the same to me as those guys do. Um, so it's kind of just, you know, get to them here and there. And then Oladipo and Martin are kind of like in case of emergency. Yeah. Okay. Dallas and Phoenix hit that thumbs up too. We got 400 people hanging with us today. We're over a hundred likes. Appreciate you guys for that. But uh, as we've said, atone for your sins. If you have not done so yet and hit that, like I told you last night, it was like, I DM'd you that I showed my, I showed Justine. I showed my wife the, uh, the part of the, the show where I'm just like straight incoherently rambling about, you know, how miserable your life is because I'm asking for likes and, and how you're like, what are you talking about? And she was cracking up and I, I had the laptop in bed. She was dying. She goes, yeah, what were you talking about? <laughs> Good stuff. Dallas and Phoenix. Let's get into this one. The Luka Doncic play. I mean, he's just so good, man. They were down by 20, 21 points and, and clawed back towards the end of the game. I mean, it was a little too little too late, but they were down four or five points in the, in the, the uh, as the time dwindled off the clock, he finished with 45, 12 and eight. And what an absolute stud 44 minutes. Like, it doesn't matter who he's facing. Luca's just going to produce. Yeah. Uh, he, he's another, you know, like we talked about Curry yesterday where, uh, you know, Curry scoring dependent. Luca's the opposite. Like he rebounds really well. He gets a ton of assists. And then he also is going to have a usage rate well north of 30%. So he just does everything when he's out there. You can expect him to play 40 minutes or so, give or take, um, as long as the game's competitive. Played 44 last game. So, I mean, certainly could play more. 43.5% usage rate last game. Just ridiculously good. Uh, I, and there's no other real payoff options on this slate either. So uh, that makes it, I think, even easier to get to Luca, just because it's not like you have to decide between him and Giannis or something like that. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, though, if, if I'm looking at this and I'm saying, you know, would I rather have James Harden and Dorian Finney-Smith or a Luka Doncic and George Nang or, or one of these other, you know, if we're talking, you know, large field tournaments, I just want to find ways to get to Luca over James Harden today. Yeah, especially, and especially, sorry, but especially with the fact that him and Harden are getting basically the same ownership. Right. That's what I was going to say. Right now, 
Um, and, and again, this isn't to say Harden's a bad player or something, but no, like right now, no. right now you have Harden with a 36% chance of being optimal at 41% ownership, Luca 45% at 45% ownership. And that accounts for the fact that Luca's more expensive because, you know, you're, 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 you're talking about optimal lineups. So, um, even with Luca being more expensive, he's still in the optimal more frequently than Harden, and the ownership is about where it should be. Whereas Harden, you know, it's not wildly overowned, but he is more overowned right now than Luca is. Um, I, I really want to get to Luca as well. Yeah, the rest of this team is it, it's pretty standard talking points here. We we know I, Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock. Bullock fouled out last game. He would have played a ton of minutes again. All of these guys, even Dinwiddie, they're all similarly priced. I will say though, the one guy I like a lot is Maxi because, and we'll get we can get into Maxi Kleber. We can get into the whole DeAndre Ayton thing, but what a wildly different matchup this is going from the Utah Jazz, who have a, a, an inept score in terms of actually having offensive skill sets other than putbacks and you know easy opportunities around the basket like Rudy Gobert, and then having to face DeAndre Ayton. They really struggled. I was actually I was reading something about this, and they were detailing what the the Suns did against um against Dallas in Game One, and that Jason Kidd had actually warned that this could be the case going from you know the Jazz to the Suns, where they have a polished, great scoring center. Um, I, I think you could see this where Dwight Powell has no shot of stopping him anyway, and and they're just really struggling with 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 Phoenix. And then you throw Maxi Kleber out there just to get more opportunities as a scorer because Dwight Powell is pretty useless offensively. Yeah, and I mean, they just went fully small down the stretch of that last game. Uh, most of the fourth quarter was with Luca, Brunson, Finney-Smith, yeah. Bullock, and Dinwiddie. Yeah, right. And I, right, Maxi Kleber still got 25 minutes and Powell still, and, and they played a few minutes alongside of each other, not a lot. Powell played, what, 16? And the final... What was it? Final 10 minutes of that game? Neither of them were on the floor. Yeah, Kleba subbed out with yeah, 10 minutes and 12 seconds to go, and that was it for a big. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think that looking at their prices, 4K for Maxi with power forward eligibility as well. I'm going to get there before I get the 3600 for Powell. Um, you, I mean, you could see more Powell, like, but I, I don't necessarily think that's the case. Uh, Kleba at 4K, if he's going to get around 24 minutes, that's a pretty reasonable price. He's played 16 games this year with, uh, actually, that was just regular season. Um, he's played 20 total games between the regular season and the postseason with Luca Brunson, and Dinwiddie all active. He's averaged 0.75 DraftKings points per minute in 23 minutes per game. Not great production there, but at 4K, I, I think, you know, he's worth taking some shots on. Uh, Powell, I think, you know, is riskier just because of the minutes. But at 3,600, you know, he he could get there. Like, if he's playing well and you have the pick and roll going and all of that, you know, maybe he plays a little bit more. But I, I feel a little bit better about going to Kleba than I do Powell. The, so, okay, uh, $7 mil, so $7 million man X said, Maxi get to hitting those threes, he pays off easily. Right, that, that's what it comes down to. If Maxi's knocking down threes, we talked about this with Niang, who I think is still a little bit more volatile than Maxi just from a playing time standpoint. But we, we've seen it before, right? Maxi was five for eight from three against Phoenix last game. Uh, he was four or five against Utah in game, game three and finished with 24 fantasy points. On a, a two-game slate, you're okay with that. 
The game prior, he was eight for 11 from three. That is you know, a total outlier. But is he somebody that can come out there and, and start knocking that raining down threes and you keep him on the floor against a high powered Phoenix offense that you're going to need? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like he's risky in that if he's not playing well, they can just go to a different lineup. Um, he's not the most productive player outside of scoring. Like he rebounds at a decent rate, but, you know, Luca's going to grab so many rebounds as well. Um, he's not, Kleba's not getting assists. So you're still talking about somebody that, you know, if he's if he's missing his shots, he can pretty easily disappoint. But um, again, you know, two games late in the postseason, it's tough. To, it's pretty tough to find value where, you're saying like, oh yeah, there's no way this guy fails. And if you do find that value, everybody's playing them anyway. And then in the case of Derek White, they fail anyway. How else are you approaching Dallas? Kind of the same way as I talked about the rest of Miami, where just kind of rotating through these guys. I think that Jalen Brunson at 6,900 is probably my favorite op- my favorite non-Luka option. Um, just a, a pretty decent price tag for him. He's around a fantasy point per minute guy. He's still likely to give you um, 36 minutes or so, assuming that he's able to stay out of foul trouble. He lost some playing time in the second uh, second quarter last game, but I think he still looks okay at 6,900. And then, you know, Finney Smith, Dinwiddie, Bullock, I expect uh, Finney Smith to play around 40 minutes. I expect Bullock to play around 40 minutes. Neither one's a great point-per-minute guy, but they are still relatively inexpensive and don't need to be great point per minute guys if they're going to play 40 minutes. Dinwiddie probably plays around 30. Um, at 5,300, he's fine, I guess. Like he, he's kind of just in that same category with like Hero and Struess and those guys. Okay. McCalvick. Uh, <laughs> so he said, Lafayette, do you have the play, the, the Booker points props tonight? I have him at 50 real points. Adam, I'm sure you got that too, right? No, because I'm better at this than you. He said, man, you've got to embrace this. This is this is good stuff. He <laughs> called he called it a rivalry yesterday. It's like saying the what like the Lions have a rivalry. Did he call it that or did I? I thought I was just trolling. No, I think he did at some point. Oh, okay. That's funny. Uh you could okay, so if you want to take Devin Booker. You could you can get Devin Booker over. Ah, where is it? Over. Do we not have an over on the? Why they do that? That's stupid. Okay, you can take him over thirty one and a half at plus two eighty. What? Okay, I thought I thought we'd have some more. On you said that. over how many? Over how many? I was telling Miguel, like, that's the most he could bet. Over 31 and a half points at, at plus 280. That seems like a good bet. At plus, two, yeah. It's actually not that bad. Would you bet him at over 49 and a half? At plus 280? <laughs> well, I mean, I, no, wait. If he's projected for that, then we're talking even money, right? Right. Exa- yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's, <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll take the under on the 50. Solid bet. Let's wrap this one up. Phoenix Suns hanging out on a uh, we're hanging out Wednesday morning here Uh, before we hit the Suns and send you guys on your way. Maybe you go and you watch the MLB strategy show after this. That would be a wise decision. Or is it live before lock? Yeah, live before lock at 1145. So you got the early slate on a Wednesday. Eric uh, Lindquist, Chris Pinnell. You got the No House Advantage strategy show at 130 to 2 with Greg and Terry. God, we got a lot. MLB Live Before Lock at 4.30. NBA Deeper Dive at 5.30. NBA Live Before Lock at 6.30. 
and uh, PGA Live before lock, 8 p.m. Hang out with those guys, Ben Rasa, Jason Ruslan. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll take you home for the night. All right, no house advantage. You guys already know this. You already know that you get $25. Everybody, any new user gets a $25 deposit bonus when they use the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. You already know that you can use No House Advantage projections and the optimal lineup tool at Awesomeo, which are free 365 days out of the year to help you get an edge. They've got peer-to-peer, peer-to-peer player prop platform. That's what it is. You're building lineups. There's no salary. There's none of that, but you're still building lineups, which makes it a very cool format. You can use all the research you already used throughout the day for DFS. Apply it to this. Use our tools like Odd Shopper and the free projections and optimal lineup, all of that stuff to compare what's going on over there at no house advantage. You're just taking the over or the under there's no juice on other either side. The ones you like the most go at the top of the lineup. They get the most points. The ones you are least confident in go at the bottom. They get the fewest points and you're playing against everyone else, just as you would on DraftKings, FanDuel or any of those other sites. Uh, and the cool part is the part where it will help you out. These are static props. They don't change throughout the day. So if something happens or if they're moving elsewhere, and you're paying attention to that, there's really good spots that you can snipe uh, and get on top of there over at No House Advantage. Ton of player props to choose from, 100% peer-to-peer to help level the playing field, and every new user gets a $25 deposit bonus when they sign up using the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. Go to NoHouseAdvantage.com or download it in the App Store or the Google Play Store, sponsor of the Strategy Show. All right, Phoenix. Let's talk about Devin Booker dropping the big five zero tonight. I mean, with or without 50, he's one of the most mispriced guys on DraftKings at 8,200. Just an insanely cheap price tag for him. Played 38 minutes last game, had a 31% usage rate in the four postseason games he's played this year. Uh, 28% usage rate, 22% assist percentage. He looks great here. He's one of my favorite plays on the slate um, at at 8,200. Pretty similar, I think, to Bam at 8K. You don't, yeah, you don't need anywhere close to 50, uh, 50 actual points for him to just destroy this salary. I don't know really what was the thought process behind this price, but way, way, way too cheap. Um, to me, stands out as the clear top option for Phoenix. If Devin Booker scores 50 tonight, will you, will you, uh, um, cede the rivalry to Miguel McDonald and, and, and admit that he has won and it's over now? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no because like i mean i do think there's like a relatively Dude, i'm jo- i'm joking i'm jo- I, I know i know it's the same person that was telling josh and me the other day that milwaukee's gonna smash boston this series and and like after they did win in game one he's going you know i told you so where's josh so <laughs> i can talk shit and then boston came back and beat the piss out of them yesterday that game was never even competitive so yeah. Carlos Manzo asked how I only burned my nose. Uh, now my forehead is is cooked. Let me see the head. Is it getting better? The nose doesn't look nearly as bad. Oh, yeah, you're getting it's starting to, it's starting to get there. You're not trying to peel it. Pre, uh, <laughs> nah, it, it, it is starting to peel on its own, though. Yeah, you got a hat on. Got to let it yeah. breathe, baby. Got to let it breathe. Chris Paul last game, three assists. Very uncharacteristic there. Just uh, peripherals lacking. Played only 29 minutes. Do you want to go to Chris Paul today, or is this now with Booker back a price point where we have so many other, on even a two-game slate, great plays that it's tough to get there? What do you think? I think it's the latter. Like, I don't have any issue getting to Paul. Uh, We do have him projected to be a bit under-owned here, 28% 
on DraftKings with a 34% chance of being optimal. I like him in the sense of if Chris Paul were to just come out and have a monster game, then it becomes a little bit more likely that Booker is good but not great at much higher ownership. Um, It's just a situation where clearly Booker is the preferred option at $500 less than Chris Paul. So um, you can, you know, sort of pay up a little bit more to be contrarian, get a lower owned player who's still really good. But that being said, Booker does look quite a bit better. Like he projects for more points and he's cheaper. So it's mostly, if I get to Paul, it's mostly just going to be because within that given lineup, I want to save some ownership more so than because I actually think he's a better play than Booker. I got to tell you, though, DeAndre Ayton to me is is pretty appealing today. I think 7,600 is more than reasonable. Uh, last game, we saw what he was capable of doing. Now, granted, it was on, on the peripherals, like it wasn't great. His rebounding has been fine. But I, I do definitely think that this is a matchup that's going to be difficult for, for Dallas. They I, I think. They struggle with DeAndre Ayton. They didn't have to worry about this last series, and I'm, I'm not really sure how they're going to slow him down. Yeah, I mean, it's another just front court matchup, kind of like we have in the Miami-Philly game, where I don't think there's any real good answer. Uh, the answer for Dallas is most likely going to be just try and outscore you know, Phoenix with, uh, with shooters and just give up what you give up to Ayton. So at 7,600, I think he looks very good as well. Um, I do slightly prefer Bam at 8K, um, and I you know, prefer Booker from this team, like I said, at 8,200, but I do like Aiton too, played 33 minutes last game. I think on average, you end up getting 32 to 34 minutes a game from him. Um, had a 30 and a half percent usage rate was second on the team to Booker 25 actual points. Uh, I'm with you. I think he just has a, he has an advantage in this matchup. I think. Anybody else from, from this Phoenix team that we get to talk about this is so unexciting, like bridges and Crowder and Cameron Johnson, these type of guys. Yeah, there's not a ton else. Um, I do think Cameron Payne at 3,400 deserves a mention just because he's a good point-per-minute guy. Uh, he played 19 minutes and 15 seconds last game. I don't expect him to play a ton. I mean, you could get even less than that potentially. But he is a, about a fantasy point-per-minute. I think 3,400 is just a little bit cheap for him. I think McGee deserves a mention too. If he gets the 14 minutes, who knows? Maybe he drops 28. He's done it before. Yeah, uh, yeah, McGee certainly in that same category with Payne, where he's just such a ridiculously good point per minute guy, and much much better than Payne even. But um, like, if, if McGee plays ten to twelve minutes at thirty two hundred point per dollar wise, he's probably okay. It's not going to be enough for all points that you're going to be happy. But if anything happens for one reason or another, and you get a few extra minutes from McGee, um, he should just really never be thirty two hundred dollars because of how good he is point per minute. Carlo said, "Hey, Lafayette, does your wife watch your shows?" No, I mean, she, no, she, I don't, why, you know, what's the point? Probably a good thing though. It's definitely a good thing. Jordan Klein producing the show as always. Appreciate you, brother. Shout out to uh, Adam share. Follow him at ship. My money DFS me at Lafayette underscore D got a ton of stuff coming up throughout the day. You're going to be on with Alex Baker tonight, breaking down this two gamer once again. And we got uh, MLB Live Before Lock coming up shortly, 11.45 Eastern time. See you guys there. Peace.